is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swings on the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Hi, welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm Nathan Dominitz, and uh, with me tonight is Alan Blondin who covers the Coastal Carolina for the Myrtle Beach paper, the Sun News. And uh, Alan, how long have you been covering the Shauna Clears? And make sure I say that correctly. Well, I, I've, I've had a couple of stints with them, actually. I've been at the Sun News 27 years. Uh, I covered them like 99 and 2000 back in the day. And then uh, I've now been covering them again since 2017. Wow. Well, 2017, uh, not to go into ancient history, but 2017 is when they moved to the FBS. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a transition year, but they that was the first year that they officially uh, joined the Sun Belt, even though they were still in the transition phase to uh, FBS from FCS. Okay. And the reason we're talking about Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern is those two teams are meeting this Saturday at noon in Conway, South Carolina. We're taping the show uh, on Tuesday night. So everything we say is in reference to what we know as of Tuesday night, but the game is on ESPNU uh, at noon on Saturday. And the timing is even better than just a regular Sunbelt conference game, because for the first time ever, or first time as an FBS member, uh, Coastal Carolina is nationally ranked. Uh, Alan, tell me about what, what went to that, how we got there. Yeah, uh, well, they, um, you know, they, they uh, started the season uh, first game. Well, it, the, the, the interesting thing is they're, they're a ranked football team and, and they have yet to be favored in a, in a matchup of another, with another FBS team. They, uh, they started the season going to Can- uh, Kansas. They were like a, maybe a three-and-a-half, four-point underdog going to Kansas. Uh, they got up 28 to nothing and easily won that game. I think the final was 38-23. That's correct. Uh, yeah, week two, um, or the second game, um, they played Campbell. Um, and, uh, you know, Campbell hung with them in the first half a little bit, but then they opened that game up, won that game easily at home. Um, the uh, third week, they or the third game, they had a bye week there, and then they hosted uh, Arkansas State, um, a team that went and knocked off Kansas State uh, on the road, and they, they handled them by about 30. They were they were uh, also getting, um, you know, three and a half in that game. Yeah, and then, they won fifty two uh, to twenty three. That wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. They they pulled away in the second half. They dominated the second half. Um, and then uh, you know they had a they ended up getting rescheduled a bit. And um, you know it's uh, the the hurricane. Well, they were supposed to get have a week off again and play Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana which would have been um, this past Saturday. And what happened was they, Louisiana, they moved the game back a week because Coastal was open and Louisiana was supposed to play Appalachian State. That game got canceled because of the coronavirus. So they agreed to play on the, the previous, you know, the next Saturday. Um, then Hurricane Delta came through Louisiana, postponed that game to a Wednesday. So they ended up playing on Wednesday night uh, on ESPN, and they were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at Louisiana and ended up winning that game uh, by a field goal late. Um, so Louisiana at the time was ranked 21st. So based on Coastal's uh, impressive wins, they've been on national TV all four games, so that probably helped uh, their 
their uh, exposure and notoriety. And um, after they won there, they, uh, you know, we, we waited on Sunday to see if they had a chance to be ranked or not. And they came in at number 24 in the coaches poll and number 25 in AP. And so they're only, uh, you know, three years, they're now four years into the Sun Belt, and they've, they've managed to get a, uh, a coronavirus-aided um, national ranking. Yeah, I, I think we also should give credit to Scott Van Pelt of ESPN, right? Yeah, yeah, he he he, uh, he kind of I think more jokingly than anything, but he he, he uh, on his show when he showed the highlights because again the game was on ESPN on a Wednesday night, so he had the you know he uh, he had his show at the end of the at the end of the game and they showed the highlights and they showed the the celebration in the locker room and you know he kind of at the end of the show was kind of joking uh, you know saying the rank them rank them and that kind of gained its own hashtag on uh, right. Twitter and and so rank them and rank the shots became a became a thing uh, for a few days and Coastal ended up being ranked I don't know if Scott Van Pelt had a hand in it or not but um, you know I, all the exposure and, and again a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's coronavirus uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 haven't even started football yet so all these you know as you know all these smaller conference teams are getting a lot more exposure than they normally would. And coastal happens to be one of the hottest and is, is uh, reap the benefits of the exposure. And they now have a national ranking number next to their name. Yeah. And, and, and coach Jamie Chadwell even said on Monday, like, let's enjoy it while we can. We don't know if we'll ever get back here. Uh, of course, if they keep winning, you would hope that they would be able to maintain that, but they're right on the precipice. there at number 25 in the AP poll. So, you know, it's uh, but the fact that any Sunbelt Conference team is ranked is kind of a, a big source of pride for the conference, of course. And they've, they've had um, it seemed like they only have one at a time ranked this season. I might be wrong, but I, App- Appalachian State, which is a, a well-known quantity, a well-known brand, they, they were been ranked. And then you mentioned we talked about Louisiana being ranked when they they played. Um, uh, they had some big wins and then they, they beat Georgia Southern on a. Uh, 53 yard field, to win that game, and then they go into uh, another home game against uh, Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina beats them with a field goal with four seconds left. Kind of turn the, you know, the turn the tables on them there. The what do you, what's your sense of uh, how good the Sun Belt is uh, in a normal year, and, and how good the Sun Belt is this year? Well, the Sun Belt it, it appears to be maybe a little deeper than it normally is. You know, now with Coastal rising up, they had been one of the you know, some doormat teams, really, to be honest, that their, their first three years in the conference, they were, they were two and six all three years. So, you know, right. they hadn't won two more than two games in the conference. Yeah. And right now they're two and oh, so they've already matched their, uh, their high ever um, in the Sun Belt. I, I think it's a little deeper. I mean, you look at the wins, obviously um, I, I mentioned uh, uh, Arkansas state going to Kansas state winning, um, Louisiana largely got ranked because of their first game where they went to Iowa State, which was right. at the time ranked 23rd in the country, and, and actually handled them. They, they won 31 to 10, um, I believe, was the final score. So, I mean, they, yeah, you know, they ran fun. away. Yeah. So, um, you know, you looked at that. They had that one day, uh, basically, and Coastal, that was the day Coastal beat Kansas also. So, you know, Sunbelt teams went and beat three Big 12 teams on the same day and, and that kind of got the 
that kind of got the buzz going about the Sun Belt a little bit and, and, you know, as bad as the Big 12 looked by losing those three games. But, you know, wins over Iowa State, Kansas State, and Kansas on the same day by Sun Belt teams. Um, and that's kind of that, that's kind of propelled the, uh, the conference a bit in national standing, I would say, um, with those wins. It's, you know, it's hard to argue, you know, that they've, they've, they've fared well out of conference against, you know, Power 5 schools. So, obviously, they're pretty much all in the conference now. So, what they've done out of conference is what they've done, and they'll, uh, now they'll battle it out amongst themselves for supremacy. And at the moment, Coastal has the upper hand in that uh, department with uh, yeah. the 2 and record and the national mark, you know. You figure the, the teams might cannibalize each other a little bit, uh, but their, their mindset is win the conference. They're not so much worried about the polls. Uh, didn't, didn't Coastal beat Kansas last year as well? They did, yeah. And, of course, Kansas, I mean, Les Miles is coaching Kansas now, but Kansas, uh, as a matter of fact, they regret. I mean, I, you know, I obviously watched both of those two games uh, last year and this year. Um, I think Kansas regressed um, this second year of Les Miles. They, their defense is, 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 is void of very many playmakers at all. Um, their offense, uh, they lost their starting quarterback to graduation, and they – they really didn't have another guy to step in. They've kind of been trying to find it. And, you know, so Kansas, even though it was a big 12 win, um, it was probably even less impressive than last year's victory for coastal, but but they didn't quite, they didn't quite follow it up um, last year, the way they have this year, they've, they've, they've yet to have a close game and then they play well, other than Louisiana, I should say last week, but, Prior to that, they won, you know, that 29-point win over Arkansas State, who has whooped Coastal a couple times in the conference, uh, was a, a pretty impressive number. And then being able to go on the road and beat Louisiana is a, another impressive win. So they, you know, they strung together some, some impressive uh, outings. And, um, if, you know, if they can do it again this week, they'll, I'm sure they'll help hold on to their number. Yeah, it's uh, probably premature to pass the torch of, of to who's the – Who's, who's on top of the, the Sun Belt for all season? But you can say, considering where they started in, in the mindset of um, the people who voted in the preseason poll, uh, and you and I were talking about this before the pod- podcast, uh, Coastal Carolina was ranked last in the division and last some, they had the fewest points of all teams in the conference, all teams, uh, in the preseason poll, meaning you, base on, you, you vote on what you know, and what you knew was that Coastal Carolina is – at the bottom and that's it's it's totally reversed itself what uh what happened um uh to coastal carolina's program that you've seen that makes them uh playing uh chad lunch for the georgia southern coach said they're clicking on all cylinders uh what are they doing uh so right this year that you hadn't seen as much of in the past couple years well there's there's a few things um you know one they were underrated a bit obviously um you know you know (laughs) You don't play like they have and be picked up, you know, and it's, it's the thing about that poll is that's a coach's poll. So the coaches in the conference did not believe that Coastal Carolina was very good. Um, and they're now getting smoked by them, um, at least in Arkansas State's case. Uh, but they, so they, they're healthy. They haven't had any issues. They've been lucky with it. As far as the coronavirus goes, they had some issues in the, in the summer and in the, uh, the fall camp. But since the season started, they've had very, very little issue with that at all. They've also remained healthy, and they've got 
some very good seniors on defense. Um, their defensive line and their linebackers are, they've got some talented players in those positions. They're all, they're all juniors or seniors. There's a lot of leadership there. And they've remained, you know, in last year, they, they lost a few of those players, the injuries. So they've, they've kept their best players. They've kept all their leaders. Um, they have a couple guys in that, you know, they're, their uh, defensive end, Teron Jackson, may have a chance to play at the next level, people think. Uh, he led to some belt and sack last year, and he's, you know, a speed rusher. Um, so they, you know, remaining healthy, not being impacted by the coronavirus, as maybe some of their opponents have. And and then the last piece of that is, um, you know, Jamie Chadwell kind of shocked the uh, shocked the world by starting a redshirt freshman um, quarterback that hadn't he had played like uh, I think he threw four passes as a mm-hmm. as a freshman a true freshman only played in two games and, and mop up duty in games that were 30 40 point games um, and they had two two juniors who had both started a minimum of eight games in the past right. two years so everybody, you know, everybody considered it was going to be, you know, thought it was going to be um, kind of status quo at the quarterback position. These two juniors that had been vying for the starting position are probably going to vie for the starting position again. And, you know, they had had relative success, but nothing great in the past couple of years. And Jamie puts in, uh, you know, this kid Grayson McCall and as a redshirt freshman and uh, the kid's tearing it up. Um, he, he runs the offense almost flawlessly. Um, he's got an arm, he can run. And, and like I said, he, he makes the right decisions in, you know, they, and their, their, their uh, offense is very decision based, um, as a, as a, uh, yes, a triple option, you know, run pass RPOs. Um, and he seems to be making all the right decisions. And so, you know, all those things added up are, are, are what kind of have led coastal to have the season they're having and, the the true shocker yeah. is that redshirt freshman quarterback that nobody saw coming. Um, right. Well, that's the, the thing. The show. And as you said, normally you, when you have a uh, upperclassman and one of them got hurt and, uh, but then again, Grace McCall even missed some time during the summer because of, was it contact tracing related? Um, so you have a guy that's not really in position to assume uh, the reins, take the reins, but then here he is, and and you uh, you did a story uh, uh, that's online right now about Grace. Who is Grayson McCall? But when they look at the quarterback rig- ratings for the whole country, it's like the Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. It's like Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, maybe the BYU quarterback Wilson, and Grayson McCall of Coastal Carolina is like in that top group. It's this this guy really did come from nowhere, except you went back to nowhere and you found out exactly who this guy is and. And uh, for Georgia Southern fans who are listening to this podcast, they're going to see a lot of Grayson McCall on Saturday. So it'd be good to know that this guy, he's had um, progressive success wherever he's gone, right? I mean, at high school and now here in Coastal Carolina, the people that know him are not surprised. Yeah, he he came from uh, uh, Porter Ridge High School, a school outside of Charlotte. Um, and he had, you know, good success there. The, the, the key was they ran a, a very similar offense to what Coastal runs. It was a, it's a shotgun-based um, triple option offense. And so he, he was a three-year starter in that system and progressively got better. You know, the, the team, they had one win his freshman year when he did not play. 
And then as a sophomore, he won seven, made the playoffs. As a junior, he won eight, made the, got to the second round. As a senior, they won 10 and got all the way to the semifinals. And he, you know, he posted some good numbers, both rushing and passing. And so he was already indoctrinated into the system before he even got here. And apparently um, he runs the system and the coaches were able to see that way better than the other quarterbacks who have been, you know, his predecessors who are, who are still on the roster. Um, and, uh, you know, he just wowed him in practice when he was given the opportunity and, uh, now he's got the reins and, and again, it's, uh, he's been, um, he's been much better than what they've had in the past, um, in all aspects, really. Hey, Georgia Southern's extra listeners. This is producer Zach Dennis with a quick break to remind you that we have a special offer for podcast listeners to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. This is a digital-only offer. If you go to savannahnow.com slash digital-only offer, podcast listeners get an exclusive first month for only 99 cents and then $5.99 after that. That includes all of the all-encompassing coverage of the Georgia Southern Eagles football season as they get ready to play the Chanticleers. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash digital-only offer. Now, back to the podcast. Well, some, sometimes when a team is um, has a losing record and they say, well, everybody's coming back, they, and you, you can hear this at any level, whether it's high school, college, or pro, yeah, we've got a lot of guys back, but we've got a lot of guys back from a losing team. So here you've got new people in roles, as well as, like you said, a lot of veteran players, and it seems to be a great blend. Let's talk about the game Saturday, and I want to stay on Grayson McCall in, a, in the sense that Georgia Southern, like any team, has got a, you know, got a scheme for the, the uh, stop the, the most talented players on the other side, the playmakers, and they've had issues this season and it may be the week that you get them, but the Campbell quarterback, who's like an all-conference quarterback, and you got to see Campbell as well because they've also they're a common opponent for both teams. Uh, the Campbell quarterback is very skilled, a veteran quarterback, and he went down the field and nearly won that game for Campbell uh, with his with his his uh, two-minute offense kind of ability. Uh, the uh, Louisiana quarterback Levi Lewis is a is a known all-conference talent, uh, experienced talent, and he led. Uh, the Raging Cajuns down the field in, in under two minutes to set up the winning field goal. Uh, ULM, the next week, it's staying in Louisa, the state of Louisiana, Georgia Southern, went to uh, Monroe, and they were heavily favored uh, against uh, uh, the Warhawks, and and uh, the, the quarterback Suits nearly won the game, didn't win the game, but he nearly won the game with a drive at the end of the game. Tell me if this sounds familiar. For ULM, uh, Georgia Southerners three and one. Uh, they they just dominated a UMass team that had not played this this year. Uh, for people that uh, hadn't been uh, paying too close attention, that was a short notice game uh, on eight or nine days. Georgia Southern UMass got together and filled a, a vacancy in Georgia Southern schedule that was created because of uh, we. You've already talked about Appalachian State has been dealing with an outbreak in the uh, the athletic program and in the football team. So they couldn't play on October 14th. That's scheduled on ESPN. So suddenly Georgia Southern had a three-week gap between games October 3rd at ULM and October 24th at Coastal Carolina. So they scheduled a game October 17th hosting UMass. And Georgia Southern, from beginning 10, dominated UMass, won 41 to nothing. And uh, UMass did not have the quarterback 
situation set up to put to strike any fear into the uh, the George Southern defense. But Coastal Carolina is going to be a different story. Uh, Coastal Carolina is favored. I, I, I don't. What's the? You know the spread? Is it a few points? Uh, six and a half is what I last saw. Um, six and a half. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. They're fine. They're Coastal Carolina is finally favored, but Georgia Southern, of course, doesn't worry about the odds or about rankings. They say they don't worry. Uh, you know that Georgia, that Coastal Carolina is number twenty-five in the AP poll and number twenty-four in the coaches' poll. They just treat every. They prepare for every opponent. Uh, this is what they tell us. They treat, prepare for every opponent, and they are going to be able to raise their game from what they need to do against UMass a week later, uh, going to Coastal Carolina, uh, but. Uh, you're, Alan, you're familiar with the Georgia Southern's offense, their triple option, um, you know, the pistol offense that uh, really, really run heavy, but they can pass when they need to pass. Uh, what do you see? How do you see this game shaping up? What kind of uh, what are the key um, conflicts here with this? Uh, who's going to prevail here? Well, yeah, one, um, you know, one thing that uh, that both teams like to do is possess the ball, um, you know, with right. the, the type of offense they run. They're both the option and. Uh, they both try to grind out, you know, uh, drives, third down. I mean, Coastal uh, against Arkansas State, they had back-to-back drives of 18 and 15 plays, I think. 18, I think it was 18 plays. and 14. Yeah, back-to-back drives of 18 plays and 14 plays. One drive took uh, eight-something minutes. The other one took almost seven minutes. So they, uh, it was like over 16, I think it was over 16 minutes of game time. Um, in two drives, so you know when you, when you're doing that, um, you're demoralizing really the the, the other team's defense. You, you're not giving your the team enough to score. Yeah, and and both teams basically like to do that. So it's kind of going to be a battle of which defense can get off the field and get their 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 offense the ball, and then try to have the ball as long as they can possibly have it and score. And uh, you know, with these long, drawn-out drives as opposed to big, big strike plays. So, um, Coastal's maybe a little more dangerous because, you know, McCall can throw. They generally do throw more than uh, Georgia Southern does. I mean, they'll, you know, he'll throw 20, 25 times a game if, if uh, you know, it presents itself to do that. And so, you know, and they've got a, they've got a really, really quality, uh, talented tight end in Isaiah Likely. And they've got a, a pretty good wide right. receiver that has become Grayson's favorite wide receiver. And Javon Hiley, he's a third-year guy that had put up some crazy numbers in, in Florida in high school. Um, so, they, you know, they've got – and they've got C.J. Marable on offense. He's uh, he's gained three over 3,000 yards so rushing in his college career. Um, so, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of – they've got some weapons on offense. They've got some – you know, fairly big strike type plays on offense potentially if you just crowd the line of scrimmage and try to stop the run or they'll do what they did to Arkansas State and just line it out. So their offensive line has performed very well. They've, uh, I believe they've given up one or two sacks on the season. It's no more than two. Very limited uh, tackles for loss also. So, you know, they're, you know, if you look at any part of Coastal, you know, they're, they're ranked for a reason. They, they haven't shown a weakness yet, um, you know. So, and, and again, the, the offensive line has performed really well, and I think that's going to be kind of the key matchup is to who can actually possess the ball and which defense can get off the field faster. Right. right. The uh, just for people wanting Georgia Southern, and this includes the UMass game. So the the statistics are a little skewed, but 
Georgia Southern leads the Sun Belt and the entire country in time of possession, 35 minutes, 12 seconds. Uh, Coastal Carolina, not far behind, second in the conference, sixth nationally, 33 minutes, 54 seconds. So rounded up to about 34 minutes. So something is going to have to give. And on top of that, uh, you're going to have, not only are you going to have this time of position uh, battle of wills here about uh, the, on the line, but you're going to have field position battles as well as turnovers will be even a bigger deal because if you can, uh, you, if you can get an extra possession because of a turnover, that could be a big difference in the game. Um, so uh, these are both teams seem to emphasize the same aspects. I mean, every team to win, there's only so many ways the equation adds up, but, but um, they seem to be very similar in mindset. And uh, you know, right now you have a team that, that has uh, before the Louisiana game that was winning handily. And then and a lot of that depends on the opponent, but, uh, and then they won a close one, uh, a very close one on national TV. Now you've got a, a, a team the last time Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina played was last season. Of course, they play each other every year. And, and Alan, you were at that game, and this game uh, couldn't have been closer because it went to triple overtime. It was tie, ten, t- tied at 10 after regulation, but it didn't end up that way. Final score was, let me scoot over, scoot over here, 30 to, 30 to 27 with uh, three overtimes thrown in there. What, what did you see as the difference last year these teams play? Well, obviously, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. Um, the uh, And that game was also played like in a tropical storm or tropical depression, okay. at least. Uh, yeah, we played yeah. through the remnants. That's, that's, the, lar- that's the largest, uh, you know, that, that's the, I guess, the, uh, the, the, the biggest reason that the game was so low scoring in regulation was that the, the, the field, you know, the, the conditions were terrible. The wind was blowing and the rain's coming down. And, um, right. So... The uh, you know that got to the triple over to the overtime, and then you know basically Georgia Southern, um, you know for one they they passed they scored uh, a touchdown throwing their first um, their first of the year, and then on the so if you you know if, if you know in, in overtime you know a team gets the ball first and the other team gets the ball second, the team that gets the ball second then gets the ball first in the next overtime. So on back to back plays. Yeah. Georgia Southern, who had not thrown a touchdown pass all season at that point, threw back-to-back touchdown passes of like 25 yards, basically. Uh, was, right, it was Shywerts to Mark Michaud, 20 yards, and then Shywerts to Michaud for 25 yards, like you said, and then uh, Tyler Bassett exactly. now kicks for the Buffalo Bills, kicked the extra point, really put the pressure on Coastal Carolina to score touchdowns, which Maribel did um, – he, uh, with that second touchdown to force a third overtime. And then uh, I guess it's, um, it's, uh, it, it sounds like a good idea, but it, it doesn't always work out. Georgia Southern, I guess, held him to a field goal. Biscardi, who just kicked the winning field goal against Louisiana, he kicked a 25-yard field goal. This is when these teams played last year on uh, October 19th, so almost exactly a year ago to when we're talking right now, so on the 20th. Um, uh, so if you kick a field goal in overtime, that can be a bad thing. Of course, it's a good thing if the other team can't even match that. So it was a battle. Um, and one thing that Chad Lunsford said yesterday is that he is sure that Georgia, that Coastal Carolina uh, felt like they should have won and that they'll have a chip on their shoulder. Is that, is that, is, can there be a year uh, when you don't see a team more than once a year, there can be a, a carryover. And do you feel like that, that um, 
the Chanticleers need to avenge something after after winning uh, after losing that game in that uh, that terrible uh, weather situation? Do you feel like they're 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 they've got a little extra uh, incentive beyond just the regular conference game? You know, um, under you know under a normal year's circumstances, I, I would agree with that. If but considering what Coastal has now got on the line with a national ranking and an undefeated record, and mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think they're more concerned about what they're capable of and what they're doing this year, as opposed to trying to avenge something that maybe happened last year. Um, uh, I, you know, I really do think I, I'm again, if they were two and two and they, you know, they, they're needing motivation maybe to, to a little extra motivation in the game, they would look back at last year and do that. But I think this year uh, they're playing so well, they've got so much going for them that I think they're more concerned about what's happening this year and again, last year was it was amazingly Georgia Southern's passing game was was the difference hey. in the game after it was almost non-existent um, for the regular you know for the regulation uh, those back-to-back yeah. passes they they picked on a freshman cornerback uh, who had replaced a, a senior who had gotten hurt in the game and they found that weakness and they they exploited it and they walked away with the victory but um, I do think Coastal was probably with what they've got on the line this year, they're probably moved on to, to you know, what's pressing right. Uh, right. this season. Well, with uh, with them 2-0 and in the conference, and, um, you know, of course, if they win out, it's a big if, but if they win out, they could get into the conference championship game. Uh, with uh, George Sutton, they've already lost. They lost on a last-second field goal to Louisiana. Coastal Carolina won on a last-second field goal against Louisiana. It sounds uh, repetitive, but totally different games. Uh so they they need to uh, they need to keep winning in the conference, obviously, to to have a shot at winning the division. Um, they they like you talk about. They are strong on the run. They lead the conference in in rushing, uh, and they do run the ball a lot. But they've also, uh, depending on the defense, what the defense gives them, uh, they've also passed the ball. Um, and you know, if you, depending on which game you're watching. Uh, you wouldn't wouldn't know George Southern passes the ball very much, or or maybe they pass a little more than often. But I, I don't know what uh, if they see any uh, things to exploit in the Coastal Carolina uh, defensive secondary. Uh, they they're probably going to try to run it and see what happens. But uh, they've been just like they did against UMass. Uh, they threw right out the the start because uh, the pass was there, and and actually they, their first few touchdowns, two touchdowns were by the, by the air, not the ground, which is. Totally against character for them. So um, we're wrapping it up here, Alan. Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? What's your best uh, educated guess here? Yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, Georgia, they've had some really good games in the past. Um, you know, Coastal uh, got the win um, in 2017. Um, and Georgia Southern's won the last two. I think uh, 2018, they, they won pretty handily. Um, and then last year, of course, that triple overtime game. So, and, and the 2017 game that Coastal won was fairly close. So these teams have played, you know, because they somewhat mirror each other a little bit. They they've ended up playing pretty close games. You know, I mean, you would based on how Coastal has played thus far, and the fact that Georgia Southern has had to struggle to get a couple victories um, against what should be lesser competition. Um, you would have to assume that Coastal will uh, play well again and uh, potentially cover that six-and-a-half-point line. But, again, as Coastal has said, and, and you know, they if they don't play well, they are still capable of losing to anybody in this conference 
you know, they were picked to finish last in this conference. The coaches believe that they weren't that good. So, and they know, uh, or they should. I know the coaches know. I don't know if the players know, but the coaches know. If they don't come to play any game in this conference, they're still very capable of getting beat. And if Georgia Southern plays a very good game, controls right. the clock, doesn't turn the ball over, they'll have a very good chance of winning that game. So, but um, you, if Coastal if Coastal plays to their potential, I would expect them to to win by more than the, the touchdown. I think um, I think you touched on a lot of great points there. I was going to talk about turnovers. Uh, obviously, if the offense doesn't have the ball because the other team is going on those long drives, it's really tough to score. Then it puts more pressure uh, to, to, to put together drives. And Georgia Southern is not built to score fast, although if, if, if Shy Wirtz, the quarterback, gets into the open field, or Wesley Kennedy, uh, the slot back, gets into the open field, they run very fast. So those, those 70 or 80-yard drives sometimes only take a matter of seconds. If, if they happen, um, I think if, if there's a track record, it's that Georgia Southern has played really focused um, football games when they've been playing um, uh, ranked opponents. And I don't know if that's it's a, a history that can continue season after season. But there is that recent history uh, with their, their biggest rival, Appalachian State, who they, you know, the rival from the Southern Conference that carried over to the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, they, they played a really aggressive fast game against Louisiana. Now, Louisiana was missing some key players like Elijah Mitchell, their star running back, and some others. But, you know, all things considered, uh, Georgia Southern uh, thought they should have won that game and played uh, up to the competition, if that's a fair statement. They uh, they didn't play great against uh, Campbell. They admitted that. Uh, they, they didn't play very well at all and barely won that game. They didn't play – great against ULM. ULM played their best game of the year by far, and they made that game very close. Uh, George Southern's going to have to play uh, a great game to uh, keep up with Coastal Carolina. I think they, they will uh, acknowledge that. They can't have a lot of turnovers. They can't uh, lose the field position battle. They can't be, uh, have their offense on the sidelines for seven, eight, nine minutes at a time. Um, they, uh, you know, they don't have the all-conference kicker this year, but Alex Rayner, who's their kicker, this year has done very well in a place that Tyler Bass is now kicking in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. It's always nice to have that, that NFL quality kicker to, to make the difference uh, close games. So uh, if it comes down to field goals, uh, we'll see uh, if uh, Alex Rainer can rise to the challenge. But uh, like I said, if, if Coastal Carolina is clicking, if uh, McCall is doing what he wants on offense, it may not come down to a field goal. It may come down to just uh, Georgia Southern finding ways to, to limit those uh, scores and uh, not get into a high-scoring contest, uh, wh- whatever the weather forecast is. Um, but uh, Coastal Carolina will be favored for a reason, and I don't think it would surprise either team, whether it's a close game or, or not. But uh, I think they're anticipating um, that both teams will bring their best and uh, will kind of fight it out. Uh, Alan, um, any last uh, comments before we uh, – sign off tonight. I uh, thank you so much for being a terrific guest. Um, and uh, we'll, I'll see you on uh, Saturday at the game. And uh, congratulations uh, to the Shants for uh, a 4-0 start. I guess it's uh, one of their, the best starts they've had since they've been in the FBS, maybe their best best start yet. Oh, yeah, by far. Uh, well, yeah, 4-0. They haven't been 4-0 in a few years, And you know, going back to FCS days um, when Joe Moglia stopped playing uh, – um, the, the power fives, uh, for the money grabs. Um, 
so they did start out, but it's been, yeah, since they got the FBS, so they've yet to have a winning record. Um, they've yet to win more than two games in the conference. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, just a breakout year for them. And, um, you know, I'm, I, well, we will see. Uh, I think Georgia Southern will, as you mentioned, probably based on results leading up to this game, probably have to elevate their level of play from what it's been this year to, to make this a, uh, a close game and possibly pull it out. And uh, Coastal, you know, is looking to continue what, what is a historic year for this program. The, uh, the, the George Southern did play their most complete game uh, against UMass. I know uh, the competition was, wasn't what what will be on Saturday, and UMass would acknowledge that too. But if you have a team in front of you and you dominate them, uh, shut them out 41 to nothing, they pretty much did all they, they wanted to do or could do. Uh, there, wasn't, there weren't many uh, uh, bad moments at all. There was a, um, you know, a turnover, but uh, there weren't many uh, bad moments at all for George Southern last Saturday. We'll see what happens this Saturday. Uh, like I said, if they come out like they did against Louisiana, it'll be a fight, uh, maybe to the finish. We'll see what happens. Alan, thanks so much. Uh, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. We, we'll, we'll have a new episode next week of Georgia Southern Extra. Have a good night, everybody. All right, Nathan, thank you. Oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Wesley Fields, touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swings, 